Pete Mundo rolling right along on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. So if you've been a part of this show for a while, you know that we have launched a podcast network in addition to this show and this uh, radio show and this podcast. And Eric G. is hosting our Bedlam edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. He is covering Oklahoma State and Oklahoma every single week. And if you are an OU or OSU fan or just a Big 12 fan that wants a different perspective, go to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and search Heartland College Sports and subscribe, rate, and review to the Bedlam edition of the show. Eric does a great job with it. We're so thrilled to have him on. And we're now welcoming him on to our show here at heartlandcollegesports.com. Eric, great to have you here, my friend. So what's been the conversation as of late for the Cowboys and Sooners fans down in the state of Oklahoma? Oh, that's a good – well, a lot of it obviously with the with the NFL draft this last week. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the main guy everybody's watching from the NFL draft is Malcolm Rodriguez because you feel confident that guys like – uh, guys like Brian Osamoah and you know Perry Perry on Winfrey are going to have a chance to to not only make teams make rosters but uh, contribute. Nick Benito should be a guy that contributes, but Malcolm Rodriguez is sort of the favorite son here in Oklahoma, being from Wagner, being a guy that wasn't very highly recruited, who spent a lot of time working with Chip Glass in the off season and. Went from safety to linebacker, had an incredible year last year for Oklahoma State, and now he gets an opportunity to catch on with the Lions, and I think that's actually a perfect fit for him. I think him and Dan Campbell get along famously uh, because they're 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 of that same kind of mindset. But Mal- it's all about Malcolm Rodriguez because I don't think there is a a person in the state of Oklahoma, whether you bleed crimson and cream or whether you're a diehard Oklahoma State fan everybody's rooting for Malcolm Rodriguez. Everybody wants to see this kid make it just simply because, I don't know, I mean, he, he really represents the state very well. It's a state that always feels like it's an underdog that it's picked on, and, and here you got a guy that just, I think if you could paint the perfect Oklahoman right now, he would be it, and mm-hmm. this is the guy we're talking about. And I, think he's, I, I think as long as Detroit needs a hardcore special teams guy, he's got a real good chance to on that roster you know i i put together a list of the top five big 12 steals in the nfl draft and he was absolutely on it uh, maybe i mean what's the critique he's a little undersized i guess he's got the speed and strength you'd want two-time team captain leader sixth round uh pick for one of the best defensive leaders on one of the best defenses in america last season i mean that's it's just a no-brainer to me well, one of the things you, if you if you watch him, I mean, yes, he runs a four five, and, and that's not. I mean, obviously that's good speed, but there are times where he can get caught in the open spaces, and and receivers and linebackers can can get around him or or leave him in the dust. I mean, that's just just the way it is. It's not a knock on him. Just sometimes you run into somebody who's faster than you, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the the issue that he has at the NFL is taking on backs that, I mean, if I think we looked this year in, in, in the Big 12, I don't think it was a great year for running backs. I think it was a decent year for running backs in the Big 12. But if you look at some of the guys that he'll face in the NFL, that could be problematic. Where he's really going to contribute to a team, at least I think, is one, he'll be a situational player. You can put him at safety. You can obviously put him at linebacker. And then on special teams, because he can cover punts, he can cover kicks. 
Uh, he can block, and he loves contact. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about guys that you know play on punt team and kickoff team, you're looking for guys that seek out contact, and he'll definitely do that. And that's where you're going to see him make a tremendous difference for the Lions or whoever else he ends up with because let's say it doesn't work out for the Lions, I have a feeling – Somebody will at least pick him up and put him on their practice squad. And when they see how hard he plays and, you know, he's not afraid to go do the dirty work, he's going to have a chance to stick around for a while. Yeah. Now, what about the Sooners? Is there one guy? I'll give you my guy. I mean, I think that, well, I think Nick Benino's one guy could pick Perrion Winfrey. But if there's a guy that I think was undervalued in the draft, Perrion Winfrey going to the fourth round for a first-round talent, I mean, maybe there's some character issues there that we're aware of, but uh, I got to be honest. I, I think that you get Perry on Winfrey in the fourth round, team him up with Miles Garrett on that D line. That's uh, that's quite a steal for the AFC North uh, Cleveland Browns. I like it. The other thing I like about this is it tells me the evaluation process doesn't lie, and we know that Perry on Winfrey had a really good Senior Bowl, MVP of the Senior Bowl. He got a lot of hype. Uh, there was some talk that he could even go as high as the second round after the senior bowl. But between then, the combine, and pro day, you're giving scouts and GMs opportunities to look at film. And the thing about Perry on Winfrey is with OU, he was really inconsistent. And that's not going to fly in the NFL. That's the one thing he's going to have to work on is whatever happens at practice, translates to, translates to game day and that you can make the same play time after time after time. And I think being around guys like Miles Garrett will certainly help. I think I honestly think Perry on Winfrey would have benefited more from playing from a guy like Brent Venables than he did Alex Grinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think had he been able to be in this current defensive system that OU has, it would have, it would have made him that much better of a, of a player that than, than what he is. And maybe he actually gets drafted in the second round in, instead of the fourth round. And to me, it's not even his character. It's just consistency. If he can be consistent, he'll be fine. But I don't know, honestly, that, I mean, that that's a problem. I think every coach has always wanted to solve and they don't necessarily know how to solve it. Guys either are, or they aren't. And you just hope that for Perry on Winfrey, what we saw in college isn't what we're going to see in the NFL, and he's going to be a guy that every week goes out there and makes big plays or when he's called on as a situational player. Mm-hmm. can at least tie some guys up and give Miles Garrett an opportunity to make big plays. Eric G. is joining us. He is the host of the Bedlam edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. Go uh, rate, review, subscribe to it. Wherever you get your podcasts, obviously iTunes, Spotify, some of the biggest places, just search Heartland College Sports and you'll see the Bedlam Edition lined up right there for you. So, Eric, coming out of spring practice, uh, what are the biggest concerns for the Cowboys and the Sooners as spring practice been in the books now for a couple of weeks? What are what are the big issues for each of these teams that uh, fan bases should be worried about? All right, well, let's start with, with Oklahoma State. And for Oklahoma State, they've got – They've they've got one, what I call the constant concern for Oklahoma State, and that's offensive line. The good thing is is that you're going to have 25 guys in camp. They're getting guys from the transfer portal, so they'll be able to fill those holes. And for Oklahoma State, who just doesn't recruit and can't really recruit, um, usually offensive linemen who are ready to play, that's just something you're going to have to deal with 
every single year as an OSU fan. The other thing that you're worried about this year if you're Oklahoma State is what if Spencer Sanders goes down? Who is going to be the backup? Did Garrett Rangel show you enough in camp for him to take that slot? Is it going to be Gunnar Gundy? I'm leaning towards Gunnar Gundy just because he's been in the system for a long time. I mean, heck, if we want to be honest about Gunnar Gundy, he's been in the system since he's been about 10 years old. So he's, he's got an extreme advantage over Garrett Rangel there. And Spencer Sanders, whom I'm expecting to have a huge year for Oklahoma State, if he just stays healthy, they'll be okay. If he goes down, then you get some issues. And one of the biggest issues that you had for those backups at Oklahoma State is because you didn't have a full complement of offensive linemen in spring. They didn't get as many of the reps behind the ones as they probably should have because you're working with Spencer Sanders. And two, they didn't get an opportunity to go out there and get as many reps with a second or third unit. So they're light on reps, and that's something that they're going to have to make up with in the fall, but you can't make up too much for it because you got to get Spencer Sanders ready for the season. For Oklahoma, for me, it's running back. Uh, we didn't get to see Marcus Major play in the spring game. And I know Marcus Major can be can be good, but he's not great. OU doesn't have a really good running back on campus right now. There are some guys supposedly coming in, and I'm, I'm one of those. I'm a little bit different when it comes to recruiting. I'm a wait-and-see guy. So let's see what these running backs do before we start high-fiving each other and you know, reading the websites that tell us, you know, this guy is great or he looked good on film. And OU is going to need to develop. A, if OU wants to have any success at all this year, they're going, to need a, they're going to need to develop a running game. Also, I'm a little bit concerned about the offensive line in Oklahoma just because with the way Brent Venable split things up in the spring game, I don't know how good or bad they are. And I know that a guy like, yeah, Dylan Gabriel can make plays on the run, which I think OU's going to need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also saw OU's backups uh, struggle <laughs> because yep. they weren't having a whole lot of time to throw. So that's just a concern to me. I think if I was able to watch practice uh, like everybody you know else isn't, mm-hmm. um, I might not have as big a concern about the offensive line. But walking away at the spring game, I think it's more of a – it's a question mark more than it is necessarily a concern. Eric G., check out the podcast, Heartland College Sports Bedlam Edition. I, I got to ask you, now that we know, Eric, that Houston, Cincinnati, uh, UCF, and BYU are all going to be in this league in 2023, I think the storylines are awesome. I'm not saying it's going to be the best conference in America. I, I am happy to acquiesce to the SEC and the Big Ten on that front. But just in terms of having fun, storylines, you know, the new teams are going to want to take their shot over two seasons at Oklahoma and Texas before they leave. Probably Oklahoma and Texas are going to hate it. What are they going to do on divisions? Will they have divisions? I mean, all these storylines just sets up for a fascinating couple of years that if you're a Big 12 football junkie, it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun to follow. What do you make of that? Well, one, I think the conference is, I think it's in really good shape. I think mean, first and foremost, we, we got to say that. And you've brought in some quality programs that are going to help the conference grow. BYU will be should be pretty tremendous to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, in my dealings with BYU out west, those people were always fantastic. So I think that helps. Um, the storylines with Oklahoma and Texas get interesting 
Because what I wonder with both with both of those schools is how antsy are they right now? Mm-hmm. And with the Big 12 bringing in a new commissioner, do they negotiate something where maybe they can pay a buyout in increments and they leave the SEC sooner? But when it comes to being on the field, right now, bring those, bring those three teams, bring the four teams in that you're going to bring. You leave Oklahoma and Texas. And I think right now everybody would think that as long as OU was in the league, they're going to be the favorite to win it just simply because their 85 will be better than everybody else's 85. But even if that is the case, I mean, we've seen with the transfer portal how bad that can hurt a program like Oklahoma and how well Oklahoma State develops talent. And Luke Fickle's doing an excellent job at Cincinnati. Yeah, I might favor Oklahoma, but I don't think – like, I'm looking ahead to the next couple of years. I don't think I would necessarily say they're the clear-cut winner of the Big 12. I think you may have a conference that every week, while it's not the SEC and it's not the Big 10, it's going to be – guys will be equal, and it'll be competitive, and it should be a lot of fun football to watch, and it should be for, for, for really the rest of time because I can't think of a conference in the Power Five where everybody's going to be on as equal footing as everybody will be in the Big 12 because you just don't have, as my co-host likes to call it, Big Bubba. That, that <laughs> big state school that can just outspend everyone and they, you know, their facilities are going to be far better than everyone else and you know, football just means more to them. No, they're all going to be equal, which makes for a really competitive, really fun conference to watch week in, week out. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to be uh, watching it, following it, and, of course, covering it. Eric G., check out the podcast, the Heartland College Sports Bedlam Edition podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to it, focusing on the Oklahoma State Cowboys and the Oklahoma Sooners every single week, dropping that podcast usually on Wednesdays. Eric, great to have you on, my friend. Have a uh, fantastic rest of the week. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Pete. I appreciate it. He's Eric G., and he does a great job with the Heartland College Sports Bedlam Edition podcast. Be sure to go check it out wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Search Heartland College Sports, find the Bedlam edition of the show, and then hit that subscribe button and uh, be sure to check it out. Final few minutes on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. I'm Pete Mondo. A couple of quick notes. We are going to be covering next week's Big 12 softball tournament. Our guy Brian Clinton's going to be down there in Oklahoma City in Bricktown covering the games each and every day, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So it should be uh, just a great few days for us, for the site. We've done more softball than we've ever done. And I'll tell you what, it has really been a welcome surprise how much support there is for our softball coverage, which – I thought we'd do well. We know softball is a rapidly growing sport, but it's done even better than I expected. Even better than I expected. So I am very pleased with that. I give you all credit for sharing our softball content, reading our softball content. And um, as a result, we decided, you know what? We're going down to Oklahoma City next week. We are going to be covering the events live in the flesh, and it is going to be uh, great for us, the site, and please do Share that message with your friends and family who are Big 12 softball fans that will be down there. And if you see Brian, tell him you said hi.
all right, uh, on behalf of all of us. Great guy doing outstanding work for the site as well. So just want to make that note ahead of next week. Not sure about Big 12 baseball and its tournament yet. Memorial Day weekend. What are you doing, Big 12? I know that, you know, maybe they are thinking they'll make it a getaway, you know, destination down the Globe Life field. But, uh, yeah, thinking to myself, geez, Memorial Day weekend for that? I I don't think that's usually the case. I don't recall it being Memorial Day weekend last year. But uh, either way, not sure yet. Trying to figure out schedules around the Big 12 baseball tournament later this month. So a couple of notes here. First off, Big Ten is talking to Amazon, Apple, Fox, and others for media rights deals. Pete, why are you talking about Big Ten TV deals on a Big 12 show? Because this all impacts each other, all right? What the Big Ten does impacts the Big 12. What the SEC does impacts the Pac-12. What the ACC does impacts uh, maybe nobody outside of Clemson, but you get the point. Stuff all weaves together, and it's very important to make note of it. So here's the uh, report. The current Big Ten media rights deal is set to expire next summer. Conference got to figure out what it's going to do, who they're going to partner with. And according to Sports Business Journal, the Big Ten's next deal could be worth about $1 billion. And there are several entities fighting for the contract. CBS, TNT, NBC, Apple, Amazon, Fox, and ESPN. Now, of course, they've been with ESPN and Fox for a long time. Uh, But we know Amazon's now in the mix with the NFL. Uh, Apple is in the mix with Major League Baseball, of course. So this stuff is changing, and it's changing really, really fast. It's changing rapidly. With Apple and Amazon getting into the mix on sports rights, the game is changing. All right? And by the way, I... I think it's good overall, you know, the more people involved in anything, uh, typically the better the product is going to be and uh, the better deal people are going to get. You know, if I have a monopoly, that's not a good situation for anybody outside of those who own the company that's a monopoly. The more competitors you have, uh, the better off typically a product is. So I think it's great that it's not just down to Fox and ESPN. ESPN is no longer just going to be the king of college football. Uh, I'm fine with that going by the wayside. You know, I saw this. Oh, gosh. Where did I see it the other day? I saw some radio guys in Indianapolis talking about this. And they're like, well, you know, if uh, the Big Ten leaves ESPN, they're not going to talk about the Big Ten as much on SportsCenter. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And... Who watches Sports Center exactly? Uh, like, you're not going to do something for your conference because you might not be on Sports Center? <laughs> like, what is that all about? Who the hell cares? No one watches Sports Center. Seriously. And I, I say that as someone who grew up loving Sports Center, but nobody watches Sports Center anymore. Get the highlights on my phone, the personalities stink. Uh, they're just as interested in politics as sports, which people don't want when they watch Sports Center. It's not, it just doesn't make any sense to be worried about whether or not you're going to show up on Sports Center. Give me the best deal that has the best long term growth for your conference. That's it. That's what the Big 12 should do. Uh, that's what the Big 10 should do. And I'll be intrigued to see what the Big 10 does 
And, you know, if I think the Big Ten will end up with a traditional broadcaster, CBS, Fox, ESPN, NBC. But then the Big 12 will come up a couple years after that. And will Apple or Amazon feel the pressure to just go all in on the Big 12? If so, that could be pretty fun. Will NBC losing Notre Dame or CBS losing the SEC, will they maybe decide to make a move? Could be interesting as well. NBC hasn't lost Notre Dame, but I'm just thinking long-term here. Will they want to do more on the college football side? Will CBS want to get back in the mix? It's all worth watching, and it all weaves together. This is not just a Big Ten story. It's a college football story, and that's why it's worth following, and we will follow it at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Appreciate you sharing this show with your friends and family. If you're on the podcast, leave a rating and a review. We'll send you a free koozie when you do that and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon at heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.